What's up, everybody? How you doing? How you living? This is Austin Cunningham and Justin Trees coming to you with another episode of Talking Football. And let me tell you, we are ecstatic because you were listening to this on Thursday. We're recording this on Wednesday. Football is here. Let's fucking go. Sorry to drop the F-bomb this early in the show. Actually, I'm not sorry. It's our show. We can do whatever the fuck we want. Football's here. We're pumped. Let's go. First game is tonight. Trees, let's just, just roll right on into this, man. Let's do it. So today, we are going to talk about every game this weekend. We are going to do our predictions, what we think. We'll be betting against the spread. On Moving forward, we will do it on all primetime games. Tonight, we're going to just focus on tonight's game because it's so big. 100th anniversary. Let's talk about some player prop bets for the Thursday night game. But before we get into that, Let's talk about some news that has happened since the last time we all spoke. Number one, you guys all probably heard, Ezekiel Elliott. Boy, got paid $90 million. Yep, that's a lot of money for a running back, but it needed to get done. It just did. Yeah, absolutely. The question to me is, who's the odd man out? Like they they played they paid Lyle Collins, they paid Jalen Smith, they're paying all sorts of people, right? There's still three big names there. Byron Jones, Dak Prescott, Amari Cooper. One of them is going to be left out. And honestly, I I wouldn't be shocked if two of them got left out. I have a feeling it's going to be Byron Jones. But I if they do that, I'm, I'm going to say it's a mistake. I feel like if you're going to leave anyone out, let it be Amari Cooper. There's so many receivers in this next draft class. Why? Why continue to pay a guy that's been inconsistent in his career? Yes, he had a good last half of the season with you, but you can find that in this next class of receivers. And the class after it has even more. I mean, the next run of quarterbacks, receivers, and running backs is going to come in abundance once more with the next two years of you know college players that are coming in. Last year was kind of a rough patch on there's not many quarterbacks. There's a couple running backs. And the rest of it, honestly, was defensive linemen and offensive linemen. Those were like the leads of the NFL draft this last season. And that came in good time for a lot of teams because that was really kind of the key piece. Like the Falcons needed offensive linemen. The Vikings needed offensive linemen. The Jaguars needed some. And, I mean, these teams that needed these guys went out and got them. But now we're kind of hitting the stage of some quarterbacks, they're 10 years up. Marcus Mariota, Jameis Winston, their time's up. Receivers, Amari Cooper. We've we've kind of seen enough here. And so if it comes down to Dak, Byron Jones, and Amari Cooper, I me personally am comfortable enough with seeing Amari Cooper walk to another team. Yeah, but that's I'm kind just of, me. Yeah. Sorry. I was on mute, everyone. This is embarrassing. <laughs> uh so I'm with you, actually. With the depth that this draft class is gonna have at wide receiver, I think I would agree. I think that they're doing a smart job with these three on now waiting till the offseason so they can kind of understand where they're going to be draft drafting. Because if they're drafting earlier, obviously, I think it's gonna the decision is going to be pretty easy that it's Amari. But if they're drafting later, maybe it makes more sense to let Byron Jones go because they feel like they can get a DB later in the draft or later in round one 
rather than uh, one of the wide receivers falling to him. But we'll see. Um, either way, that team is – they're building something really good there. I think that they're doing it the right way. Yeah, um, they're, they're definitely already built. I mean, they're – if Dak doesn't make mistakes and lose them games, look out. Yep, agreed. Uh, another team that's building it well, and you and I have had a lot of discussions on this guy, Jared Goff. He got signed to a huge contract. I've been the one saying that I thought it was going to get done. Uh, you were more on the fence that you thought that McVay might just say, hey, I think I can do it with someone else, which your your reasonings were valid. Um, mm-hmm. I, I didn't agree that that's what they were going to do. But um, that kind of went under the – I mean, like it was obviously huge news once it happened, but like there was no talk about it with like, hey, this is in the works or anything. Yeah, and a lot of people, it seemed like a lot of people were just saying this is still like McVay's team. You know, I feel like with the Patriots at a point, a lot of it for a while, it was Brady. Like, this is the reason on Tom Brady's doing this, yada, yada, yada. And then after a while, I was like, okay, this is actually Bill Belichick because when Tom Brady went down, they still found ways to win. And I think with Goff and McVay, it's a similar situation here because we're going to see Goff go or we're going to see McVay continue to draw up, you know, all these plays and this offense and whatnot. And I guess we'll really just kind of see, I really, honestly, I don't know where the fuck I'm going with this. It made sense in my mind. And when I started talking it out, it made no sense at all. It's, it's really just going to be a combination of who's the reasoning on why it's working and why it's good. That's going to be the relationship with it because Bill check and Brady is going to be reversed. Their early situation is reversed of where Goff and McVay are now. Yeah. Dude, maybe they're just like a peanut butter and honey sandwich. They just go to well together. Whoa, maybe... what? A peanut butter and what? Honey. What in the Utah fuck was that? You've never had a peanut butter and honey sandwich? <laughs> no. PB and J, peanut well, butter and jealous. Well, I've I, never no, heard of no. peanut butter and honey. Okay, first off, PB and J is what made me the man I am today. So I'm with you on PB and J. But yeah. I think that PB and J is like the elite of elite. When I think of PB&J, I think, okay, that's Belichick and Brady. So I went with peanut butter and honey because it's second, which is probably going to be the McVay and Goff. You know, you saved yourself there, but you still did not explain the reason why the fuck you're having a peanut butter and honey sandwich. Dude, it's so good. You, Will you please? Okay. There's so many things that you are missing out on in life, and that's one of them. Ugh. Yikes, man. I'm going to come to Utah and just go, what the hell's going on in these mountains and desert? <laughs> oh, we're out of jelly. We got a whole fucking beehive over there. Let's go get some honey. You got it, pal. <laughs> and you're like, ride my dirt bike on over there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> dude, oh, man. Dude, I can't believe you haven't had a peanut butter and honey sandwich. <laughs> no, I can't believe you, you compared to the perfect peanut butter and honey sandwich. I have never once heard someone go... Man, that's so good. It's like peanut butter and honey. No, absolutely not. This, okay, this is bullshit. Like, I mean, I'll give it a try. It just shocked me. It will just you please, me off guard. Do you have peanut butter and honey at your house right now? I have peanut butter and jelly. I don't have honey. What am I going to have honey with? Right do, you, do you have tea? Do you like drink tea in the morning? I moved, bro. I threw it all away. Do I have tea in the morning? No, I don't have tea. I have coffee. With espresso straight to the bloodline. That's probably why my heart hurts all the time playing. Yeah, math. seriously, you need to you need to adjust your lifestyle. Um, you. you sound like a girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Lauren and I get along real well. Oh. Um, 
people that don't get along real well are the Chargers and Gordon, man. I, I feel like those two just hate each other at this point. I hate to call it out because it ruins it, but that was a fucking perfect transition. <laughs> and you're, you're right. I mean, they it's not going well. And the it, news broke that the Chargers are wanting um, first and second rounders for this. And then I think it was Albert Breer comes out and says that the most the team was willing to offer was like a second but then they would have to split. It was with the Eagles. But the Eagles would, you know, give a trade for draft picks and uh, Howard. And then L.A. would have to pay some of the, the salary. But L.A. was like, absolutely not. And it just put them kind of back in the same situation of, wow, no one really wants to trade for Gordon. And I think Gordon, it's more of an eye-opening experience to him because the market for him is not there like he thought it was. And that it's kind of sad to hear that. But at the same time, it's like good for the Chargers. But then it kind of leaves them with, if I come back and play, there's that awkward tension. And there's just a lot of weirdness there if he does come back and play. And the Chargers, if they do trade him, they're really not going to get anything out of it. And I'm confused on why there's been nothing from the Buccaneers. Yeah, I, I don't understand it either. Um, like, are the I Eagles not seeing it with Miles Sanders? No, I I don't I think that's all noise, man. I don't think that's real. What, Miles Sanders? No, Eagles and you're saying why oh. would Eagles consider Gordon? Yeah. yeah, when they got Miles Sanders. Yeah, because they I have think Miles Sanders. Sanders is gonna take the job from Howard. I think he will. I th- I think it's gonna take a few weeks, but I think by the middle of the season he will, for sure. All right, good. Cause I took him in like all three of my fantasy leagues, so if Miles Sanders doesn't start, I'm looking for a new running back too, because I <laughs> <laughs> I banked on him heavy. <laughs> <laughs> I just hit the over pretty good there. Yeah. <laughs> Did I use that one right? Yeah, a little bit, but it's fine. All right. Ah, I don't know, learning. Jim. You're still learning. What's uh, going on? What else is going on in the NFL here? Did you see AB's <laughs> post today? Like, dude, dude, I was dying laughing at this. So I, I left work for lunch and I was just kind of scrolling through my updates as I was walking out of the office and it was a picture, the AB picture. And he, when he said something like, this is unreal, the devil is alive. I was like, what's going on with this dude? Like, what do you mean the devil is alive? You didn't show up to fucking practice in Canada. Yeah, you're going to get fined. This dude just got fined, what was it, $53,000? And I don't think any of it had to do with the helmet. It was just skipping out or leaving and not being there. And Mike Mack was like, okay, I mean, hey, we're going to fine you because of this or at least your contract in this section in the CBA agreement and yada, yada, yada. But the thing that kind of shocked me was that the fact that AB took the picture of the entire, the entire section of Mike Mayock's letter, like even his signature. And if you're Mike Mayock, dude, Trees, if you are Mike Mayock here, how pissed off are you at that? Oh, I'm way fucking pissed. Like how on earth could you show this to everyone like this has nothing to do with anyone like it, i would i would lose my shit if i was him like i can't and again ab you can't get mad dude if i didn't show up to work i would just get fired not <laughs> here give me some money back i would just be looking for a new job yeah <laughs> like what are you doing in canada to leave practice exactly I don't know. I don't know what is cool in Canada. I'm not. I'm not. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and talk smack on Canada because I really don't have any idea what's out there or what's to do. Skipping practice, I'm sure there's a lot to do there. Eh? But you know, hey, that's good. for them, 
that glad was you nice. got that. Yep. I'm glad you got that. <laughs> um, <laughs> speaking of AB and the Raiders, though, I just want to run quickly through Hard Knocks. Yep. Um, their last episode was definitely the best. I'm just pissed that it took them this long to kind of touch up on stuff. Um, I'm going to start from the beginning of Hard Knocks, though. John Gruden in the morning, the best part of the entire show. When he's talking about the reasoning on why he counts back from three is because an Eagles quarterback was concussed and they asked him to count you know, back from – Back three from a hundred, and Gruden's like, "Oh, I don't know if he could do that, not with a concussion, you know, or just being normal." <laughs> and he goes, "So I just started doing it while I was really pissed off and trying to keep myself under control." Can you just imagine him on the sideline going, "A hundred, ninety-seven, ninety-four, ninety-one"? Like you're just gonna get even more pissed counting all the way back from three. Like that in itself just made me start cracking up. Uh, the Metallica song coming on where he like leans forward and hits the dad. He's like, "Oh man, this is my fucking song." That was great. And then him going into the office, like that was, it was cool seeing all this happen before like five or right at 5 a.m. It really just shows you how, you know, dedicated they are to this and how early and how much work is honestly being put into this. Back to AB, his new helmet that he found looks pretty sick. But the one thing that I did notice when they did the little montage of videos of him running routes in practice and, He's uh, Gruden, yes, thank yep. you. I that's watched it back today so I could take notes on it for this, for the pod. And I was like, that's his old helmet. Like, that's not reg- That's not the regulation helmet. Yep. I noticed that, too. And did you know, wonder what else I noticed that I uh, talked to some of my friends about that it, it pissed me off? And my wife's like, why is that making you mad? I'm like, because it's fucking fake is why it pisses me off. When his when the mom is watching the game on the couch. So yes, the screen, it looks like it was photoshopped. It is photoshopped. It's a it's a screen on top of a screen. I'm like, I was just like, that's not how games look. I'm like, it's too close to the player. I'm like, that's not real. That's not how it actually looks. And my wife's like, sure it is. And I'm like, no, it's really not. That's fake. Yeah, I thought it looked weird. I didn't like go back and look at it, but I definitely thought it looked awkward. Yep. Yeah. So totally fake there. And uh manipulated but i mean like it's fine it's a show but at the same time i'm like don't act like she's watching that because that's not what she's seeing right now yeah so um overall yeah sure it was probably the best one of the series it was still garbage uh (laughs) like (laughs) i mean like keelan doss getting cut was a surprise so that kind of made it like our big argument was like they keep showing guys that aren't going to get cut right and keelan doss did get cut so i mean like that kind of like changes a little bit of like the previous episodes but i mean like i just feel like i don't know if it was because hard knocks like have this guys people in charge that like just don't understand what the fans want or or is it the Oakland Raiders just weren't giving them enough, right? Like, were they hiding a lot more and just trying not to give um, Hard Knocks and HBO enough? I think the Hard Knocks contract ends in like a year or two, and I'm very intrigued to see what happens. They're going to. Yeah, because it it really does seem like every year it's like, yeah, four teams say they want nothing to do with it. And it's like, comes down to like one or two, and like the NFL has to choose for them. I just feel like the NFL teams want nothing to do with hard knocks anymore. They're just like, it's just a distraction. Because I think the camera, like it even showed that at the end with like the bloopers, they weren't really bloopers. They were the players being annoyed. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, hey, the cameras are here again. And I think the thing with all or nothing 
is it's just the cameras like in the meeting room. And yeah. then there's a couple like discussions. You can tell like they're afar, like they're off the field. They're not in the way of anything. And they're like zoomed in on the conversation. So it's like, hey, just wear your mics and stuff. Like whatever we grab, you know, we'll let you review and then send it off and for, you know, to go on the show. But all or nothing handles that better. And then they show more in-game action because, you know, they're there during the season and it's not a camera directly behind you in the way with the guys. And it's not a whole crew of people there. Yep, totally agree. But did you notice they brought Josh Jacobs into an actual episode? Like, who would have thought? I didn't even know he was on the team. Was <laughs> he was still hiding from the sir. camera. He had, like, his hood yeah. pulled, like, over his face. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, anyways, and then, yes, last thing we want to talk about is they finally brought up Las Vegas. Finally. So. And then the, the Al Davis room, how Mark is saying, you know, we've left the room exactly the way it was and the foundation that he's won. Like, getting to see the board. Like, where the hell has that been? Like, tie us to the history of the Oakland Raiders at the beginning. Like, that's yep. how that needs to be set. Tie us to the franchise, what it was, and then develop through the show, through the episodes of what they're into, what they're transitioning to. And then you don't have to have as much on-field stuff. You can still have, you know, tape of drills and routes and, you know, some conversations. You don't have to be right there the whole time. Totally agree. I feel like Thank God that show's over. Let's just put us in charge. We'll go run HBO. If you're I listening, know. Hard Knocks, we want it. I we want it. We want this challenge. Give us the opportunity. I don't even care if you just say, just come on and just tell us what we're thinking. Like, give us that opportunity. We can make this better. We can make Hard Knocks great again, is what I'm getting Ooh. at. It's going to be huge. <laughs> that was bad. Um, that was bad. <laughs> what else we got to talking about before we get to some games? Um, honestly, that's really just about it. The the one last note that I have the Saban Belichick show that showed the preview before Hard Knocks. Fine. I cannot wait to watch that. Straight fire! It's yeah. gonna be fucking awesome. That's gonna be great. I cannot wait for it. But the, enough of the bullshit. All right, you guys are here to know what's happening. What we're predicting, what we're seeing, what we're looking for, what we think is going to happen, we're here to give it to you. This is the whole reason we started the podcast. We started at probably the worst time you could ever start a podcast during the NFL season, but we got through it. We got through the draft. We got through free agency. We got through all the noise. We definitely got through the fucking offseason, the dead period of the offseason. Now we're through the preseason, and the NFL season starts tonight. If I don't sound excited enough, I'm sorry, but I'm fucking ecstatic, and I'm pumped, and I cannot wait to go. So, Trees, just lead us right on into what we're doing, what our plan is for the season. Let the people know what Talking Football is going to be about this year. Let's do it. All right. This Wednesday, Thursday episodes, I apologize. Thursday episodes, we will do our predictions on the games for betting the spread. And then, like I said, we'll do some player prop bets. Player prop bets, we're going to keep track all year, and uh, it'll be it'll be a little friendly wager between Austin and I. So we'll see what we come up with there. And then we have some segments that we're going to do in the middle of each week on social media, which I'm not going to spoil it for you guys. You guys will have to wait and see next week. We need some games to happen before that happens. So um, I think at this point, let's just get into it. So, Austin, tonight, Thursday night, 
mm-hmm. we have the Packers versus the Bears, the 100th anniversary and biggest rivalry, right? So, yep. Bears are favored by minus three. Who are you taking? I am taking the Green Bay Packers. Okay. I think there's too much talent there. They did too much in the offseason. New coaching staff. Aaron Rodgers is tired of the noise. He's heard too much about it. He's ready to come out and go, hey, I got a studded offensive line. I got weapons. My receivers have another year of development. They're not rookies. I don't understand what they're doing in camp. They're ready to go. I have a running back who's set in stone, and I have a defense that was rebuilt. Like, their defense is going to be scary, and it's going to match the Chicago Bears. Chicago, they lost some on the defensive side of the ball. I don't want to go too far in here because I want you to have an opportunity to talk as well. But I'm excited to see what David Montgomery brings to this game because I think he's got a lot to show, and I think he's going to have a great introduction to the NFL, similar to what we may have seen of Kareem Hunt a couple years ago against the Patriots. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I'm, But I am going to take the Bears. Uh, I will take the Bears to win by three. Last second field goal here. I think it's going to be an awesome game. I think it's going to be going back and forth. I think that Mitchell Trubisky on the final drive just makes one big play with his legs. And that is the deciding factor. Uh, which is uh, probably a little surprising considering I had the Bears not making the playoffs. So you would think that I'd probably have them losing games. But I still think that they're an 8-8 eight and eight team. So uh, I'm going to take the Bears. So we're different there. Yep. Uh, do we want to keep track of who we pick here so we can kind of know? Will you do yes, that for me? Yes, we definitely need to do that. Yes. Okay, thank well, you. Lead us into the next game. Yes, I will. So actually at this point, I'm going to, just so we don't come back to it, uh, since we're already talking about this game, we will do the player prop bets here. And again, we will do it for all primetime games going forward. But tonight, this episode, we're going to do just Thursday night games. So I'll start us out here. And the first one is going to be Aaron Rodgers over or under 271 and a half yards, passing yards. I am going to take that defense is really, really good. I'm going to say they take the, I'm going to take the over. I'll take the over. Wow. See, and I'm going to take the under. Just because now that the fact that they have a running back, I think they're going to incorporate that more into their offense. The new head coach is coming in going, hey, I want to see what my offense can do. You know, I want to learn the scheme that I need to have with Aaron. I mean, this isn't he's not just coming like a professional. He's new to this as well. So he's going to want to keep things even. And then the Bears defense, like you just said, they are good. Yes, they lost some talent, but they were able to find a way to keep that competitiveness there to be good. And Aaron Rodgers, I don't think they're going to be deep bombs away. I think they're just going to be, you know, just short routes. He's going to hit the open guy, let him get going. It's the first game of the year. Let's see what we have. Let's get rolling. Let's start slow. And then just kind of head into the game. So I think he gets close to the 271 and a half. But I think he's going to be more at the 250, three touchdowns. That's kind of what I'm seeing for Rodgers. Okay, that's fair. All right, David Montgomery, 57 and a half rushing yards. I'll let you go first on this one smash the over on this. That dude is going to freaking just go off. The Bears came out yesterday going, hey, we're ecstatic about, you know, Montgomery. We got a steal in the draft here. We are pumped that he's on our team, that he's our running back. And we saw a glimpse of it in the preseason. I mean, he's got a good natural read of the of the field, of the play that's developing. He can bounce it up. He's got a good juke. 
And then he can get the, he fights through those extra yards. He reminds me of Kareem Hunt, and I think he's going to explode on the scene. I like it. Uh, I'm going to take the over as well, but I actually don't think that he gets much over this rushing yards. I think that Mike Davis has a lot more of an impact on this game specifically than most will realize. And I think that overall, like most of the time we would, we'll be talking David Montgomery, probably over under like 85, 90 rushing yards. But for week one, I think he's going to be closer to probably like 65 to 70 rushing yards. I think he's going to be closer in that range. I still think he finds the end zone though. Uh, Next Aaron Jones. A lot of people talk about him splitting carries and how he shouldn't be and all that. And I totally agree with it. So we're going to go touches 18. Let's go. Sorry. 17 and a half. So 17 and a half touches over or under that. I'm going to say under, I feel like that's a lot, you know, especially for with Aaron Rodgers. It, I mean, yeah, I'm just, I mean, there's not much to for me to explain here. Aaron Rodgers left some to his receivers. There's not much to check down. He's either going to make it happen. Plays usually break down too soon. I, I'm, I'm saying under. I don't think they're going to run that much either. I'm going to take the over. Uh, I think that he gets around 19. I think that he gets probably 16 touches or 16 carries, three catches. So I'll take the over. Man, I'm like the way I'm doing my stats here, it seems like I should pick the fucking Packers, but that's all right. Um, <laughs> Mitchell Trubisky, over under 245 and a half yards. Passing yards, sorry. I'm going to say over. Another year with his receivers, another year with Nagy. Um, I think a lot of it's going to come out of the play action. It's going to be similar to what we saw, the Alex Smith version in Kansas City. And they always started off strong at the beginning of the year. Alex Smith always looked great in that first game. I mean, everyone knows if you had him in fantasy the first game of the year, the dude was going off. I mean, four touchdowns, three touchdowns, over 300 yards. I wouldn't be surprised to see Mitchell Trubisky have like four passing touchdowns, 300 yards, and then rushes for another 50 to, you know, however many on a big run that you, you know, potentially see happening at the end of the game. I'm going to take the under. I think that he gets probably around that 225, but I just think that he's going to be closer to like 80 rushing yards, and that's where he's going to get that. So I still think he's over 300 all-purpose yards, though. Yeah, I think Nagy's just too much of wanting to pass. Like he's gonna yeah. if they get down, Nagy's like screw the run, we are gonna pass. But then that's where I also see David Montgomery going, hey, give me the ball, let me go to work, and bam, here we go. Yep, that's fair. All right, and our last one, Devonte Adams. Over or under 90.5 receiving yards. Yikes. Oh, boy. You know, I've never really paid attention to the Packers at the beginning of the year, so I don't know how they usually start. I haven't paid attention to how Devontae starts either in some of these games. But, I mean, the Bears, it's a rivalry, 100-year mark. Uh, I'm going to go over. Uh, if I'm having Aaron Rodgers go for over 271 yards, uh, I'm going to assume Devontae Adams has at least 100 yards of that. So I'm going the over. Okay. I'm going to take the under, not just to be opposite of you. I'm just, I'm not seeing over 100 here. I feel like they're with the new offensive scheme. They're going to want to spread the ball around, see what they have, and, you know, just kind of roll into the new coaching staff and really just see how everything goes with it. No, that's fair. So that's awesome. We have five player prop bets, and we're different on four of them. The only one that we're same on is David Montgomery, basically over 50 rushing yards. Or 58, to be exact. 
So I thought you picked the under there. No, I I took the over. All right, and then moving on to the next game. I said it's going to be a lot closer than what we expected, and it's going to be around 65 to 70 yards. You're right, you're right, you're right. <laughs> All right, moving on. We have, oh, this one's going to be fun, the Titans versus the Browns, and the Browns are five-point favorites. Yeah, I'm taking the Browns. Yeah. I'm not. I'm taking Viking, or Vikings. I'm taking the Titans. I st- I still think that the Browns win that game, but I think they just do not by five. They don't win by five. Ooh, no! I'm going to take the Browns. They're coming in strong. Freddie Kitchens is going to have a good game plan. Baker's good. Um, yeah, I think they're going to be ready to roll. That's going to be a good game. But yeah, I think they win by five. Okay, sounds good. Um, sounds good to me. Um. Let's see. What is our next one? We have the Ravens versus the Dolphins. And it is the Ravens at negative six and a half. So that means they're going to win by six and a half, right? Correct. They need to win by seven, basically. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. They're going to win that for sure. I think that's going to be an easy win. I think it's going to be a good, encouraging start to the year. It's like a college paying a team to come play to lose. You know, unless you're Tennessee, then you're paying a team to come get beat. <laughs> but, the, yeah, I think the Ravens are starting out strong. Their defense is good. They're fast. They're big. They're strong. Lamar Jackson's going to come out ready to roll, ready to show that, you know, he can throw the ball. And the Dolphins just don't have anything to compete or stop it. I mean, Fitzmagic might show up, but against that defense, it's going to be tough. Yeah, my, my only worry was this whole Fitz magic thing that can fucking come out of nowhere. But again, I've said it, I don't know how many times on this episode or podcast that the Ravens have the best defensive backs overall in the NFL. And I don't see him getting anything going. Plus, I just don't trust their offense. Obviously, they don't have their star left tackle anymore. I just... I just don't see it, so I'm with you. I will take the Ravens at six and a half. Next one, Falcons versus the Vikings, and the Vikings are favored by four points. I'm taking the Falcons. That's going to be a close game. That's going to be a game that comes down to the wire, and if someone wins it, it's going to be by a field goal. That's too good of a game. Two good defenses, two offenses that are going to be firing. Man, that, that might be a game I have to watch. Yeah, for sure. The problem is it's the same time that our teams are playing, but I 100% will have this game on Sunday ticket with the four four game screen. So, and I'm with you. I think that I think the Vi- the Falcons actually win this game. So, but I agree. I think it's going to be very close. I think it'll be probably a three point game. I mean, this is a game that I was considering putting as my NFC Championship game last episode. End up going with the Eagles over the Vikings, but I could easily see this being the NFC Championship. Yeah. All right. Next one. Two teams we've talked about so much on this epi- on this podcast, and that is the Bills versus the Jets. And the Jets are favored by three. I think the Bills win this game. I think the Bills win this game. So do I. So yeah. you're the same there, and the so we will take the Bills at plus three. Um, Man, I'm kind of surprised. Why? Why are the Jets favored there? home so it's basically saying it's an even game right so home team usually gets three points 
So if it is at three, then it's they're basically saying it was an even game. So gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, I think the uh, Bills win. I I think it's gonna take the Jets some time to kind of get kind of get the engine started, ready to go, you know, before they take flight. But the Bills, I just feel like they're more solidified. But then at the same time saying that, they got a lot of new receivers. Their offensive line's kind of beat up. Mitch Morris has another concussion. I'm not sure if he's playing. Ugh. Yeah, that might be a little – that's a sketchy game right there. That's not it one is. you actually bet on. Yep, yep, exactly. But – um, I'm going to trust that Josh Allen makes the plays and that the defense, the Bills defense is just so good that I think it's going to slow down the Jets offense, even though I think the Jets offense will be good this year. Um, Next one, the biggest spread of the week, and that is the Philadelphia Eagles are 10 point favorites over the Redskins. 10 points is a huge, huge spread. Oh, yeah, that's that's almost too big. I feel like I'm going to take the Redskins there. I feel like they have enough experience on their offense and within their team. Yeah, I don't know. Because if Trent Williams comes back, that really changes things. Like That changes their offense. Like That gives more comfortability for Keenum in the pocket. That gives AP more room to run. Darius Geis more room to run. And their defense, their defense isn't that bad. When I was running through my... You know, what to be optimistic for for every team in the NFC or AFC. The NFC, looking at the Redskins and the Lions, where the two teams where I was like, am I being too hard on their team right now? Because the Redskins, they got a hell of a defensive line. They got decent linebackers, and they have an okay secondary. None of those were great, but it's still just, hey, if all goes well and, you know, the scheme is right for them, they can be good. Like, that's the beauty of the NFL. Yeah, I mean, that's why they were leading the division after like eight, seven or eight weeks last year. It's because their defense is that good. And I agree, but just to be different, I will take the Eagles at, <laughs> at minus 10. I, I, I was going to take the Redskins, but I just want to be different than you. So we'll go with that. Makes sense. I hear you. Next, Rams versus Panthers. And the Rams are two and a half point favorites. I'm going to take the Rams. I think that's fair. I agree. I'm I also- think they win by at least a touchdown. I think McVay is going to have a new offense, similar to kind of what Andy Reid like, has been doing the last couple years. Either that or McVay is going to have more of a scheme-based you know, variety instead of lining up in the same formation and then having so much out of it. I think he's going to have more diversity there, and the Panthers aren't going to be ready for it. And the Panthers' defense... I'm not even going to sit here and try and talk shit. They got a good defense, but I'm worried about Cam. How healthy is he? Dude, I mean, their defense lost a lot, man. Like, losing Julius Peppers and losing Thomas Davis. I mean, and I know that Julius Peppers isn't what he was, but that leadership is key. I mean, like, we, I think a lot of people overlook leadership as, like, an actual thing. I, I mean, I agree with that, but they also have Luke Keekley, Reed's there. I mean, but they also have a lot of young talent. Yeah. Like, they have Brian Burns in replacement of Julius Peppers. Yes, that's yep. not saying anything right now, but that's a pretty good damn replacement for a rookie. Yeah, no, it is. It is. And I think they're still going to be fine. I'm just saying I just think that losing those two guys is going to be bigger than what a lot of people think. All right. This one is very interesting to me. 
um, and to everybody in the world. I don't know why I just singled myself out, but uh, the Colts versus the Chargers. And the Chargers are six and a half point favorites. <laughs> what? Yes. Yeah, that kind of makes sense, though, because the Chargers usually don't start the year out that strong. No, no. Sorry, did I say the Colts? The Colts and the Chargers. Yeah, but the Chargers are the favorites. Did I say the Colts were favorites? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Chargers are six and a half point favorites. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. But then, yeah, I'm taking the Colts because the Chargers usually don't start out that strong. Yeah, they're missing. They're missing their their starting lineman, starting safety, starting running back. Yes, Colts are now missing who they thought were gonna be, was gonna be their starting quarterback. Um. So you're going to take the Colts? Yeah, I think Jacoby Brissett is, and the Colts are going to be fine. He's got I, a good enough relationship with T.Y. Hilton. Eric Ebron's there as a safety net. Two running backs that can both catch the ball out of the backfield. Their defense, we already know. They have a pass rush in Justin Houston. I mean, I think, I think they're going to be fine. I also agree that uh, they will cover. I actually still think that the Chargers find a way to win this game, but not by a touchdown. So I will take the Colts to cover the spread, but still lose. Um, let's go to the next one. Second biggest spread of the week, and that is the Seahawks over the Bengals at nine and a half. Yeah, I'm taking the Seahawks there. I think they come out firing. I think DK Metcalf is going to make more of an impact than a lot of people realize. You know, everyone's looking at the video that was shown in preseason like, oh my God, he didn't chop his feet. Seattle really doesn't run routes like that. They're going to be simple in and outs, maybe a comeback, and then other than that, go and catch the fucking ball because Russell Wilson's going to put it there. All you got to do is make a basket and watch that puppy drop right on in there because that's all it's going to be. And then they're going to pound the rock. The Bengals do not have a defense, and their offense is injured. Seattle's got a good defense to match their injured offense. The Seattle all the way. Yeah, I, I'm going to take them just because it's in Seattle to, to cover that spread, winning by 10. Um, obviously, the spread wouldn't be that way if it was at Cincinnati. It would be a little bit less, but um, yeah, let's, let's go with it. We'll agree there. All right. Um, usually the game that's Sunday night every single week one, uh, happy it's not this year, but that is the Giants versus the Cowboys. And Cowboys are seven and a half point favorites. The the Giants are favorites? No, the Cowboys are seven and a half point okay. favorites. Yeah, I'm sticking with that. I don't I don't see what the Giants have on defense to stop them. I'm okay. taking the Cowboys. With Zeke coming in, they're ready to go. Their offensive lineman just got paid. Zeke just got paid. Give the ball to twenty one and just fucking pound the rock. I am going to take the the uh, Giants. I think that those guys just always play each other tough. They know each other obviously super well. I think that it ends up being a one-score game. Uh, so I say that they probably end up winning by a touchdown, which would be them covering. So I'll take the Giants there. Uh, let's talk Cardinals versus Lions. And Lions are two-and-a-half-point favorites. So, uh, just because you've gone first the last few times, I'm going to go first this time. 
Uh, I'm going to take Detroit to cover that two and a half point spread. I think that they'll travel well. I think that it's going to take some time for the whole Cliff Kingsbury, uh, Kyler Murray thing to get going. They, I feel like they didn't play him enough and get things going. And I think it's going to cause them to slow down and uh, not really get exactly going the way that they wanted to to start the season. Uh, there will be growing pains uh, the first week or two. So I'm going to take the Detroit Lions to cover the spread. I'm right there with you. Like I said earlier, going over the NFC, what to be optimistic about. The Lions were one of those teams where it kind of showed how Matt Patricia was really starting to transition everything into the Patriot way. There were a lot of connections for the defense, kind of what they're doing for lockdown corners, their offense with a big tight end and Hawkinson. And then you have a quarterback that's got a strong arm. He's just got to learn not to take all the deep shots all the time. He's got to learn to be somewhat of a game manager and make smarter decisions. And I think that was a lot of his issues last year, besides the fact of playing with a fucking broken back. (laughs) I mean, if you're playing with one of those, that's kind of a hard thing to do, especially in the NFL taking shots with the Detroit Lions and playing in that division, which are always defensive heavy teams. But I completely agree with the same thing you said on the Cardinals. They didn't show a lot in the preseason. But at the same time, you know, devil's advocate there, they could come out firing. Like, they'd be like, hey, we haven't shown anything yet. Just wait till you see this. And Cleve Kingsbury's going to be like, the NFL is so much more fun than college because these guys are professional athletes and I'm not getting two-star, three-star recruits to come to Texas Tech. Yeah. That's a fair argument. All right. The next one is the San Francisco 49ers versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And this spread is even. It is a pick Who do you got? I'm taking San Francisco 49ers. I'm still sticking 